Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are on the downhill slide. It's the old toboggan headed down the hill because literally year's end happens tomorrow. Having said that, we've got a market that truly has run out of steam today and makes you wonder what the final day of 2023's marketing is going to be like if today's any indication. And we're going to look at why and how. We saw the lower numbers in the corn and the beans, lower numbers on the livestock side, but the wheat was the positive one of the day. Mike Zuzalo is joining us. Mike, of course, with Global Commodity Analytics. And, and let's talk about this running out of steam because I think it kind of truly describes what we saw in this trade today. I agree, Susan, and, you know, it wasn't easy to see where this was coming from until late in the day session, and all of a sudden, when we saw the crude oil market that was higher on the day and the dollar lower on the day, in fact, the dollar index futures was making a new five-month low heading into the midday session, and then we saw it flip, and the crude oil flip, and the crude oil flipped to a, a strong negative bias, finishing down 3% on the day. This, even though we saw a 6.9 million barrel decline in, in the weekly supply numbers, the trade was looking for a less than 3 million barrel decline. Um, so we had a sharply lower inventory number, but that still didn't prevent us from going down 3% in the February crude, and the dollar was able to go from essentially 200 to 300 points lower to um, almost 300 points higher, about of a swing of about 400 plus points and closed higher on the session. And so I would lay most of the trade and how we closed at the feet of the program funds. Um, it just, as you, to use your term, just kind of ran out of steam and ran out of gas. And uh, very unfortunate because, you know, not just Friday is the end of the week, but it's also the end of the month and the end of the year. And you know, we're looking pretty vulnerable on some of these charts once again uh, after we had a really phenomenal start to this post-holiday trade on Tuesday. So then how does that set the tone for tonight's overnight trade into tomorrow's final trading session of 23? Well, I think you said it. We're looking at a lot lower volume than we normally do. I'm, I'm, I've been impressed with the grain volume overall, but it's still lower, and crude oil volume has been very low uh, compared to its normal amounts. And so I think that adds a little bit more volatility to the equation where a number of orders can move the market price quite a bit more when the volume is lower. I think when I take a step back, my impression of this market has been with South American weather improving and first crop beans having some serious issues in Mato Grosso and that probably being priced into the trade uh, the trade has still not really taken on the mantle of putting weather premium in the corn. In 2023, as we close it out, it really has been, especially I think after May-June time period, uh, has been a market where the corn has been pulled down by the wheat and pulled up by the soybeans. And now it seems like we're in a transition period. But I, I've been most, um, I guess, disappointed with the corn market because last year's close on December 31st for lead month corn was 678.5. Uh, we're going into uh, this year's close at about 475 as of you know today's market. Um, that's down over 40% from the uh, prior year's close, and uh, that's not far from the 2023 low that we made um, just a month ago at 447. And so I'm sitting here thinking, 
where is the weather premium? Where is the Black Sea premium? You know, that's the other thing that we've talked about this week is wheat's been able to find support off of Black Sea weather, or excuse me, Black Sea uh, port issues and war and, and, and cargo ships hitting mines and so on and so forth. But that's only been in the wheat. It's not been in the corn. And yet Ukraine is such a big corn exporter, and especially coming off of their harvest uh, corn just as any 2023 with a, a Rodney Dangerfield lack of respect. You, you nailed it right there. So what about the, the soybeans when it comes to exports? Or is it going to be kind of a, a wait and see feel, Mike, because we've got weather issues, um, good and bad coming out of South America. We know that, you know, by I think it's 2033, they're going to have 60 plus percent of the world exports. So it's kind of an interesting um, motion that seems to be going on right there. Yeah, I think you're right, and, and I think with the weather improving, it takes the pressure off of the number one soybean buyer, China, to have to come in and buy extra, and I think that's a big deal because the crushing margins in China, when I looked at them this morning, were still running anywhere from negative 15 to negative $27 a ton, depending on what province I was looking at, and so they're not really making much money at all right now taking on soybeans at these price levels, Susan, uh, in terms of crush margins. And obviously with the hog herd being liquidated over there, um, they're probably in no big hurry to add soybean supplies to crush in the meal at this point. That's probably going to take another two or three months to work itself through. So I, I'm more nervous than I was, I guess, when, I, when it comes right down to it. If we don't find some program commodity trading advisor, uh, commodity index type buying here as we close out this week or as we come back early next week. Um, I'd be very nervous about the soybeans and the premium that they're holding right now. They're only down about 17% from last year's close of about 1520. That compares to 40% in corn and almost 40% in hard red wheat. So there's quite a bit of premium if you look at the soybeans from that metric. And I will have to continue this conversation into part two, but to start out with, why wheat? Why wheat the shining star today? Yeah, I feel like the wheat is really about the program buying and that the, with the Federal Reserve policy shift and the improved import structure in both wheat and corn from China and a tighter balance sheet in Russia and Ukraine, wheat should be the leader to the upside. It should be the one that bottoms the first uh, out of the out of the major grains at the mercantile exchange. So that's where there's that glimmer of hope in, in my mindset anyway. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue. Take a look at the markets of today's trading action, what we're going to see going into this final day of 23. It is today's channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network. A Best of Both Worlds product portfolio is one of the aspects to look forward to from the new channel brand in 2025. Here's Matt McGuire, new channel dealer from Wisner, Nebraska. With bringing in Fontenelle and Channel together, I think that our portfolios will also be second to none, especially on the corn side. It'll fill holes for both companies that customers may have seen there before, and I think it's just going to uh, make us really rock solid on the corn side. For more, contact your local Channel Seed Pro in Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Mike Zuzlo. Mike, of course, with Global Commodity Analytics. So as we kind of wrap up the grain side of it, let's talk a little bit more about soy meal. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with the meal market is it was the leader to the downside. And we also noticed, too, coming off of that previous segment, the Chinese angle is still very uh, present in this market in terms of the soybeans, the soy meal, and the hog markets. They, they were the three that had the biggest hit to them 
uh, minus a couple other types of commodities out there, Susan. So with January futures now getting ready to go into delivery, in other words, first notice day started after today's close, I think the key to be watching, other than the wheat finishing strong tomorrow and that giving me more support in my analysis, the other thing will be the January meal and the March meal. We saw the January meal fall below the March meal today and went back to a carrying charge market with the March premium to the Jan futures. That was one of the last contracts that we had seen in the grain complex and the oilseed complex keep an inversion where the front end futures was premium to the next contract. And so I'm hoping that the cash market, that's not an indicator that the January is going to lead the March even lower as it is the cash market in Chicago. So that's a real key piece of the puzzle kind of coming off of that South American conversation we had right before the break. So if you are a, uh, a producer that's got some grain sitting in the bins, and obviously we got year-end tomorrow, what are some things that we should focus on going into 2024, which starts again on Tuesday? Yeah, the biggest thing I'm focusing on is essentially that, that bean minus corn price action and how 2023 may be flipping to where wheat leads, is, tries to lead the corn higher and beans tries to pull the corn lower. And, and part of the reason I say that is because USDA did give us uh, ag- agriculture projections late November, mid-late November, and they have around a 1050, 1040 price for the average soybean price for 2024-2025 uh, in the marketing year. And so it would make more sense if we don't have any more weather problems after the January crop report and the WASDE numbers come out that maybe the beans fall to the corn and assure a market of a corn acreage base that's not too small because that is a concern right now in the trade, I think. Well, as we switch gears and jump over to the livestock side, the slide that we saw in the grain complex happening in the livestock as well. So as we look at what's happening on the uh, switching gears and going to the livestock side, Mike, the slide that we saw in the grain side continues to happen on the livestock side as well. It does, but at least we're coming off of some prices that were very highly elevated compared to 2022. In fact, live cattle at the end of December last year were below 155 and feeders were below 184. So even at these prices and this pullback that we have seen here in the last three to four weeks, we're still going to be up about 10, 11% in live cattle and about 20, 21% in the feeder cattle market. I think two big things going to that 2024 mindset again, and, and what I'm looking most at, Susan, other than the currency markets and the fact that we need to pull back on the imports of beef to give our upside potential greater upside in the cattle in the beef market here domestically. It's that hog market. Uh, we continue to see big supplies. We saw that in the hogs and pigs. We saw that in the pork loins with the cold storage report last week. And so I think the first quarter is going to be partially defined by how the hog market uh, interacts with the cattle market and whether it becomes and continues to be a weight on the cattle market. Having said that, I think that the fat cattle market and the feeder cattle market and the cash have been able to find some support as we close out the year. And uh, I was noticing today on some of the roundup numbers, uh, Columbus, Nebraska saw 30 steers, seven weights uh, go for 231.50. Mitchell, South Dakota saw some uh, seven weight steers go for 256. Um, and, and eight weight steers in Mitchell were upwards of 229. Um, those are good numbers to be looking at compared to where we're at in the futures market. And I think the cash cattle market 
has found some good support at the 171 level. I'll be watching that very closely as we see December futures go off the board tomorrow and February takes over as lead month. And of course, uh, looking at this hog market, they too just kind of see some limited trade action going on. It just seems like additional losses continue to build for their numbers. Yeah, and I think the good news there is maybe we're getting to the point where we have done enough damage in the price action to force liquidation both here and in China. China came out with some fresh numbers and reported their sale inventory had dropped a um, pretty decent amount versus last year. And so they are starting to find, I think, that balance of the supply versus demand. Um, and so I'm, I'm more eager to say that now that we've gotten the liquidation numbers and built into the cattle or the hogs and pigs report from late last week um, and this Chinese market number, um, maybe we can work through these numbers in January and maybe be out of the worst of the market price action as we get into February. All right. Best way for folks to reach you, Mike? Globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two M's. Research.com. Just Sounds good. And Mike just sent me a quick note as we wrapped up the program. He said the wrong marketing year for soybeans. He said 1045 to the 1050 area for average price. It is actually 1130 for this new crop year. That's today's Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.